Welcome to part two of Salon Divine. Our story continues one week later on Friday, the 8th of September, 1933. May Divine is played by Clara Higgins. Polly Trainer is played by Jennifer O'Mara. Cora Smith is played by Jean Sutton. Ruby Dawn is played by Olympia Kiariakue. June Winter is played by M. Sean. And Mrs. Howard is played by Megan McGurk. What happened with the dirty book? Benny couldn't sit still talking about it at dinner. He was waiting for a court date. It's set for next month. He got the judge he wanted to hear the case. He said he had it all fixed up. How so? He rigged the book with expert opinions so they could use it as evidence. You lost me. Bennett said they weren't allowed to include outside testimony. He figured out a loophole. Bennett pasted reviews of Joyce's book from famous writers and critics inside the front cover. Experts say Ulysses reinterprets the novel as an art form. So now they can argue that opinion in court because it's part of the book. The other side just has a lawyer who put tick marks on the pages next to the dirty parts. Bennett has a panel of highbrows versus some creep with a greasy moustache. Clever. Did he show you the book? He read some pages. Seems like a lot of work when you can get French postcards or racy love stories in a magazine. Where'd he take you last night, Polly? We went for chop suey, then a walk in Central Park. That makes three dates in a week. Did he try to give you a tumble? Bennett says the brain is the most important sex organ. Quite the phrase maker, you fella. He didn't try to play hide the salami? If I'm honest, May, he did something no one ever did before. Give you a saw book each time you went to the powder room? Now that's a good date. We were sitting on a bench in the park talking. He asked me how long I've been here in America. What did you say? I told him six years, but it felt like forever. Ireland feels like a dream sometimes. Good woman. Keep the mystery. Then he leaned me back against his chest and held me in his arms. Here we go. He's putting on the moves. You listening, Cora? Mm-hmm. He whispered in my ear. Obviously, you don't know how beautiful and talented you are. Well, I'm going to tell you, Polly. I'm going to speak slowly, and I'm going to say everything twice so you hear it loud and clear. Listen to him, a real swoon merchant. I'm telling you, May, you could have knocked me over with a feather. He kissed my neck and rubbed my shoulders. He said my skin is like cream. My eyes are sapphires. Then he talked about my sketches and what a great artist I am. And then what? I'm more so to say, my ears were on fire. I was panting. Then his hand went under my dress. And he made you see stars? Fireworks. He's a keeper. A man who gives pleasure without a return in kind. One in a million. I get warm just thinking about it. Anything good in the paper, May? Usual mayhem. Ten dead from poison hooch. Wait a minute. 
Here's an article about our little platinum blonde. Every bull in California was looking for those two stick-up kids. Looks like the manhunt is over. What happened? The boyfriend resisted capture. The bulls opened fire and a boyfriend. What about Blondie? In the jug. Her name is Burma Adams White, 19 years old. The fellow was Tom White, 28. Recently married. They met at a dance in July. Some honeymoon. How'd they get caught? A tip on the phone. They followed Burma to a garage under a current apartment complex. Paper says she didn't cry when the police showed her Tom's dead body. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he put the screws in her. She's probably glad to see him dead. He shot a school teacher in the face. He can bet he bounced his wife off the furniture. Ain't it just like the press, though? Usual angle. If a dame isn't bawling her eyes out, she spoils the picture. If she had cried, they'd go easier on her. Now she's in the soup. She could fry. Listen to this part. The police captain told reporters about the suspect's arrest and processing. After fingerprints and a mugshot were taken, an examination revealed the prisoner's nasal passages were red and inflamed, consistent with narcotic use. That'll make her look guilty to the jury. The mug was probably snuffling show up her nose like it was January. Get this, Burma worked as a hairdresser before her nuptials. A beauty operator bandit. Holy smoke, one of us. Look at this picture of Burma. She looks like she's second stringer for Joan Blondell over in Warner's studio. Maybe she got tired of looking at scalps all day. Speaking of which, I'm tired of looking at the stains on your uniform, Cora. Why don't you put on a fresh one in the back? It's just mud and nail varnish, me. It looks sloppy. Off you go. The one dot pinned up last week is hanging on the back of the door. Did Mrs. Pennington leave? You don't want Cora walking in there. She left 30 minutes ago when you went for coffee. Clancy certainly gets results. He oughta. His tongue is the size of a baby cow's. <laughs> I better grab another bottle of peroxide before our cooch dancers arrive. Don't let the phone ring. Sure, mate. Excuse me, I... Oh my god, Cora, what happened? How'd you get those marks on your back? I, I slipped in the stairway. It it's nothing, mate. Honey, look at me. You ain't good at telling lies. I'm fine. It's nothing. You look like a piece of bruised fruit. Don't tell me it's nothing. I'm okay, mate, really. I'm just tired. That's why you've been quiet all week. Did that old soap do this? But leave me alone, will you? Tell me what happened. Did your father mistake you for a punching bag? No. Please, mate, just leave me alone. Polly? Polly, lock the front door and get back here. Coming, May. What's the haps? Did you know about this? Know about what? Turn around, Cora. Please, May, don't make a big deal out of it. It is a big deal. Turn around. Sweet mother of God, what happened, Cora? I asked if her old man did it. She won't answer. My father didn't do it. Then who did? I don't want to talk about it. Cora, you should tell us. We love you. Let us help. Please, Cora, don't carry it alone. It'll help if you tell us. I went. It happened last week. Who did this to you? I don't know. A stranger attacked you? Where? I snuck out last Friday. I went to a party. A party? Did someone take you? Kind of. Um, I went to a circus party. A circus party? You're just a baby. What's a circus party? You mean with clowns? Oh, there are clowns, all right, but not the kind with balloons. Mobsters racket. Only that three-ring circus is another kind of entertainment. 
They stage live sex shows. That's what. I'm sorry, May. Don't, don't get upset. Cora, sweetheart, I'm not mad at you. I'm so sorry you got tangled up with those animals. I only wish I could have protected you. Who took you there? I don't want to say. Was it Clancy? I'll plug him full of lead. It wasn't Clancy. I don't want to start any trouble. You'll feel better if you tell us everything, Cora. Last Friday, Ruby said she knew where I could get money for the Persian lamb coat. I grabbed her on the way out and I asked her how. She offered to take me to a circus party. I thought she meant a vaudeville thing, you know, tightrope walkers, acrobats, fire eaters. Where was it? Above a speak on 23rd Street, top floor. Who was running the joint? A man called Johnny Two Cakes. The one who used to work for Legs Diamond? I think so. There was a bunch of men there, well-dressed with masks. What did they make you do? They gave me a choice. I could go with two men or two women. And what did Miss Ruby Dawn do? She asked me if it was my first time. I turned beet red, so she knew. She told me to go with the girls. She went with the two men. The fellas looked like I just came off a boat from Italy. Who were the girls? They didn't say much. One had a German accent. The other girls sounded Brooklyn. She told us what to do. You got the bruises from the girls? No, the girls weren't there to hurt me. They just wanted money, the same as me. We were on a little stage. The curtain opened. The men watched. Half of them blind drunk. They yelled out, filth. The Brooklyn girl told me not to look at them. Then what? It was like I floated up to the ceiling. I only saw myself and the girls. My ears were stopped up like I was at Coney Island hearing the cyclone roller coaster roar. Your body went into a defence mode. Afterward, I asked the man on the door to get me a cab. He paid out, plus our tips. I had $125 in my hand. At least I got to keep mine. The girls I was with had men waiting for them who took the money right out of their hands. There's always a man with his hand out. What about the bruises? It wasn't so bad with the girls. Um, I went back on Saturday night. Only they didn't put me with girls again. Oh, honey. Oh, my poor girl. I told him I'd never been with a man and Johnny Two Cakes laughed. He ruffled me off like I was a turkey dinner. Listen to me, Cora. You must put it out of your mind. It happened to someone else. You were never there. You get me? May's right, Cora. It'll tear you to bits if you let it. Don't let it destroy you. And I went on and on about me and Bennett on the park bench. I'm sorry, sweetie. You didn't know, Polly. Take off that uniform. Lie down on the divan. I'll put the light out so you can rest. I'm so tired. Thanks, May. Thanks, Polly. Here come the showgirls. It's getting worried, May. Sorry, June. We were in the back. Cora's taken ill. Oh, poor kid. I hope she's okay. Polly can do your masks and lashes. Okie doke. Ruby Dawn, I ought to wring your neck. Oh yeah? For what? Have you lost your mind? What were you thinking taking Cora to a circus party? She's only a kid. I didn't make her go. She asked me. Cora had no idea what she was getting into and you knew it. I was younger than her when I went to my first circus party. My, but we're hard-boiled. Don't you get it, Ruby? If girls don't stick together, they're through. You baby those girls, May. I hate to tell you, but you ain't their mother. You're a feral one. You make my blood run cold. That stage mother of yours did a number on you. Does that mean every girl has to be brutalized? 
There was plenty of time for Cora to learn about the ways of men. She didn't have to know it at 16. Why is she special? No one cared to protect me from it. I'm very sorry for you, Ruby. You've had a hard life. But it won't square what happened to you to watch other girls get hurt. Don't you dare feel sorry for me, May Divine. I don't need your pity. <laughs> you girls rip my heart out. Shh. Come here now. Don't get your face red and puffy before curtain. It'll take too long to fix. I'm sorry about Cora, May. I understand your anger at the world, Ruby. I could tell you stories that would curl your hair. Try not to take it out on the other girls. Don't feed them to the wolves. <laughs> Want some eyes for your face, Ruby? Yes, please. May I help you, madame? I wish to see May Divine. That would be me. What can I do for you, madame? A rejuvenating treatment, manicure? I'd like to know what you're doing on my property. You are mistaken. I own the deed to this establishment. This is my shop. You have been here long enough, Miss Divine. I suggest you pack up your bleach and move on before the bailiff posts an eviction notice. I'd like to see anybody try to put me out. Have you no shame taking advantage of a poor dying man? Morty was never poor. He bought this shop for me five years ago. He put my name on the deed back then. I assure you that my attorneys will place the shop in my possession where it belongs. Cut to the chase. Is there a reason you stopped by today, Mrs. Howard? Allow me to use your vernacular. I've come to offer you a deal. Is that so? I can proceed with filing a lawsuit or... Or what? Or we can make a settlement. A settlement, is it? Yes, an arrangement. You can stay in the shop if you rent it from me. For how much? $100 a month. That's some bargain, Mrs. Howard. I should say so. This is prime real estate. What kind of a shakedown is this? You waltz into my shop, which I own, and offer to rent it to me? Some neck. I can assure you it will be cheaper than a battle in court. The lawyer's fees will eat up your profits. Which you will gladly take instead. Gladly. One look at your platinum hair on the stand, and the judge will hand over the deed wrapped in gold paper. Are you out for revenge because Morty kept me in a love nest? What have you got to kick about? He left you a fortune. What Mortimer left me is none of your concern. You've had all you're going to get from my husband. You didn't want to go to bed with him when he was alive. Now you're the devoted widow. A lot of good, that's it, a lonely man. Meanwhile, you were running around hosting charity benefits and your rotten kids kept a dozen bootleggers in business. You and Mortimer spent years laughing at my expense. You'll be laughing at the other side of your face now. Collect your tawdry things and leave or pay rent, one or the other. Mrs. H., you better leave while you still can before I yank that cheap Woolworth's wig off your head and ram it down your throat. I should have known you would resort to threats, you common little gutter snipe. Get out of my shop. You better be in my attorney's office next Friday at noon, Miss Devine. You either bring the deed or the rent. That's the way things stand. <laughs> we'll see about that.
Oh my God, May, what are you going to do? Gee, May, May, I can't believe you didn't scalp her. She was probably hoping May would. Then she could bring the coppers and have May locked up. I'm glad I didn't have a pair of scissors in my hands. May, sit down. Let me get you a cup of tea. Thanks, Polly. I need time to think. Imagine waltzing into somebody's shop and trying to squeeze rent. Put her in pinstripes and a fedora and she could work for Lucky Luciano. She was made for the protection racket. Why do the rich always want more? How's your rafter romance, June? Uh, not so great. My curiosity got the best of me. I waited across the street this morning to get a look at him. What's the matter? Face like a potato? Pockmarks? Bald? No, he's better looking than George Brent. Thick black hair you can lose your hands in, big shoulders, and a smile that made my knees give out. Sounds like a dreamboat. What's the problem? He had a suitcase with him. When I went up to the flat, his things were gone. Did he go on a trip? I asked the landlady. She said he paid up and moved out. That's rough, June. I'm sorry. Sounds like you went gypsy. Lots of men do. I was ready to leave a note suggesting we meet. I don't want to even look at the place anymore. It feels so empty. I can't stand the thought of a stranger moving in. You're in luck. My roommate is pulling out on Sunday. Want to move in? Why not? I shared a pillow with him and got the brush off. Don't give up, June. You'll find a good man. You fell for him when you should have trimmed him. For what? He only had some clothes, two pairs of shoes, a few books, and a hairbrush. Eh, he had some dough hidden somewhere. He didn't look hard enough. Did you look inside his clothes? Shake out the books? Open the back of the hairbrush? I found money stashed behind a headboard, under the mattress, above the door jam in the closet. Once, I even found 50 bucks buried at the bottom of a potted plant. Ruby, you're a pistol. I wasn't thinking about taking his money. That's where you went wrong. You should have made him pay just for the honor of seeing your stockings hang in the bathroom and having your scent on the sheets. Some favor, grease paint, sweat, and the wax on Minsky's stage ain't much of a perfume. Don't be blue, June. I'd say we should go out tonight after the show and find a couple of big spenders, but I have a thing set up that might pan out. You got another heart bomb racket in the works? I wish. It's getting tougher and tougher to find a rich dope who puts his promises in writing. Nah, this one's legit. We're, we're close enough. Spill it. I've got a chance for a screen test. All I gotta do is let a producer snap some photos. What kind of pictures? Well, I ain't playing Little Bo Peep. In the buff? Almost. He claims he wants it artsy. Negligee's in the boudoir. He's staging it out in the Kaufman Studios in Astoria. It has to be late when no one's around. Are we sure it's safe? That's a hike out there to Queens. He's pretty old. I'm sure I could take him. But you don't know about the cameraman or who else might be out there. Why don't I come along and chaperone? I bet the place is full of rats at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, the kind with brill cream and fedoras. Thanks, June. You're a good dame. You okay, May? Getting ready for round two, Polly. I think I know how to fix her wagon. Hold down the fort, will you? I'll be back in an hour. I need to talk to Dot and I can't do it on the phone. Go on, May. We'll be grand here in the shop. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be Mrs. Howard's lace-ups for all the diamonds in Tiffany's. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to part two of Salon Divine. 
Sloan Devine was written and directed by Megan McGurk, starring Clara Higgins, Jennifer O'Mara, Jean Sutton, Olympia Kiriakue, M. Sean, and Megan McGurk. Sound editing and special effects by Dan McCauley. Join us next time for the concluding episode. Will May keep the shop? Will Cora recover? Will things get serious with Polly and Bennett? Will Ruby and June be okay in the film studio? Stay tuned. Stay tuned.